Good morning, Ace. It's great to have you guys join us. I trust you have your cup of coffee already and you guys all comfortable in bed or in the lounge, uh, ready to watch our online um, service. Welcome to everyone that is joining us for the first time this morning. And uh, it's a beautiful day for Elizabeth and we're just really excited, you know, in what God is doing in this season of our lives. Even though it's a difficult season, even though there's a lot of unanswered questions right now, we just know that God is in control and God is just doing what God needs to do in the season. But before we get started, let us open in prayer this morning. Father, I want to thank you this morning for who you are. I want to thank you for your love and your grace that you always is abounds towards us. I want to thank you, Heavenly Father, that we can meet in this fashion, even though it's not in our minds what we think church should look like. Father, I want to thank you that we're not a building, but the people of Christ, the people of God. And even as we gather together this morning, I pray, Holy Spirit of God, that you would come and just bring life into every home, into every situation, into every circumstance this morning. And I pray, Holy Spirit of God, that you would come in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to share a few thoughts that have been on my mind um, over the last bit, and especially during lockdown and, and what God has been saying to me and, and what God has been saying to, I think, many of you in the season. I think we've probably, especially me, we've messed up on some stuff. You know, we've, uh, we've made some bad decisions. we said some bad stuff. Um, wrong stuff and got involved in the wrong conspiracy theories and you know just uh, blaming the world really for what's happening around us but so often I think that we don't truly understand the heart of God in the season and when I speak about the heart of God and I'm speaking about the fact that we've moved away from God or that we're not hearing his voice but how many of us are truly trusting God for a supernatural miracle in your life and in my life and in the light of the church, not just the church, but South Africa and the nations around the world. I, I think it's time that as believers, we become excited um, in the season. We become excited about what is happening around us. And even yes, there's death and, and, and people are speaking about this is going to get worse before it gets better. All those kinds of things um, that have been said. I think as believers at times, we're going to change the way we speak, the way we think, the way we do stuff and the way we approach stuff. Um, there was a scripture that God just kept um, reminding me constantly over the last probably three or four weeks. Um, and in the New King James Version, I'm going to read out of Proverbs 18. And uh, it says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Now listen to the quickly. It says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Now the Good News Bible, I love this translation, says a simple thing, it says, what you say can, can preserve life, sorry, what you say can preserve life or destroy it. You must accept the consequences of your words. Listen to that. You must accept the consequences of your words. And, and as I've been pondering on that scripture for quite a while right now, I, I really have to ask myself, what is it that you're saying? What is it that you're speaking? Because it's not just that what I speak brings life and death and, and, and uh, over my life, but it, it speaks, when I speak life and death, I can speak life and death over other people around me. Circumstances, not just by what we say, but often by how we react, by what we do, by how we respond to certain things that are happening in our life. And, and as I pondered on the scriptures, read through all different translations, it, it's just amazing that God, you've got to understand something, that you have the power in you the Holy Spirit, the power of God, in a sense, in you, that what, you, what comes out of your mouth can actually preserve life or can destroy it. 
And he says, but you've got to be very wary of some, a few things. And the one thing that he says you've got to be wary of is the consequence of what we say. Now, I think we've all been challenged. And I'm not going to um, act earlier than that this morning. I think we've all been challenged in our marriage, in lockdown. We've all been challenged with our kids. We've all been challenged with homework and um, church life and finances and business and all this kind of stuff. It's, it has been crazy. And at times we do. We do say the wrong stuff. At times we do come up with the most ridiculous stuff. At times we, we say things to people we don't really mean. But man, it just has such a lasting impact on their lives. And we don't realize how much of what we say it brings more death than it brings life. And as this week I was preparing this message saying, God, what are you saying to the church right now? What is it that you want us as believers to do? Not just the ISIS family church, but I think the church around the world. What is it that you're gearing us up for? Because we've, you know, like I said on Wednesday night, we've, we've done all the prayer stuff and we've, we've fasted and we've prayed and we've prayer marched and we've prayer walked and we've done the whole thing. Um, but Father, what is it that you want to say? What is the direction that you want to give us in the season? What is it that you want to say to us in the season? And I was reminded of a scripture, and, and I want you guys to turn to me there, but it's, it's 2 Kings um, chapter 13. And in 2 Kings chapter 13, we pick up the story where the prophet Elisha, and we all know the prophet Elisha, we, you know, he, he was a mighty, mighty man of God, but we pick up the, the story in chapter 13, verse 14. And it doesn't start off the way we would really like a sermon to start off. Because the word carries on and says this, it says, Elisha had become sick with the illness of which he would die. Now, I, I thought about this thought, hey, but God, you know, why would you put that in there? You know, it's kind of like, this is not an encouraging kind of a word. But listen carefully what it says, Elisha became sick and was ill with, with an illness that he would die. Then Joshua, the king of Elah, came down to him and wept over his face and said, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and the horsemen. And Elisha said to him, Take a bow and some arrows. So he took himself a bow and some arrows. Then he said to the king of Israel, Put your hand on the bow. So he put his hand on the bow on it. And Elisha put his hands on the king's hands. Now, I want to stop there for a second because I'll be walking carried away here. There's a real prophetic picture that God is planting in our minds here right now. You've got to understand that Elisha was the man that gave direction. Elisha was the guy that, that gave what God was saying to the nations. Elisha was the guy that told them, you guys are out of line. You guys are messing up. You guys are not worshipping God. You guys are going to fail. The, the Syrian army is going to destroy you. Um, you guys are going to live in slavery. And so that was his calling. And, and so when the king hears that the voice of God is dying, he almost panics to a sense where the word says that he comes to visit Elisha. And he says to him, my king, my king, you know, my, 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 my father, my father, you know, in a sense, you can't do this to me. This is the time where we need you the most. This is the time where the Syrians are coming up against us. They want to destroy us in this season. Um, and this is not the time for you to die right now. But, but Elijah does an incredible thing, which I believe is such a prophetic statement for where we are in, a na in the nation right now as South Africans. The word says that he says to the king, get a bow and an arrow. And the word says that the, the king gets a bow and an arrow. And he, and he says, put the bow, uh, you know, put the arrow in the bow. But before he asks the king to shoot the bow, the word of God says is that he ta Elisha takes his hands and he places it over the king's hands. So you've got to imagine the king holding it. And, and Elisha's hands went over the king and, and gripped the arrow with him. Um, in a sense where, what was Elisha doing? Elisha was giving direction, even on his deathbed. 
He was taking hold of the king prophetically and, and made a prophetic declaration that even if I'm gone, that which I'm doing right now will bear consequences in the future. And the word says that, that he says to the king, turn around and you can go read it there. He, he points it out the window and he says to him, right, I want you to shoot the arrow. And the king shoots the arrow. And as the king shoots the arrow, all right, um, we'll pick up that part there where he says, um, so Elisha said to him, open the east window. And, and, and he opened it. Then Elisha shoot, said, shoot. And he shot. And he said, the arrow of the Lord, deliverance. And the arrow of deliverance from Syria for you must strike the Syrians at Apep till they have destroyed them. So he says, you've got to understand, this is a prophetic statement that Elisha was making with the king. That, that in a sense, the government and the church came together and they put their hands over each other and they pointed towards the enemy. And our enemy might be bankruptcy right now. Our enemy might be this COVID-19. Our enemy might be, you know, the divorce that we're facing right now. But the word says that this prophet lines up with the government in a sense, the rule of the day. They put their hands over each other and they point the arrow towards the attack of the enemy. And as they point the arrow towards the attack of the enemy, he says, now you pull the bow and you shoot it out the east window. And that was where the Syrians were coming from, right? And he says, right, just as you shot this arrow right now, that God is going to deliver you from the circumstance that you find yourself in right now. I, I really thought about this a couple of days and I think so often as believers we've been so negative about government and, and the, the decisions they made and the regulations they made and um, you know the rules they've put into place and yes even though we don't agree with them even though we don't agree with what is happening we don't agree with that our freedom has been taken away that in a sense they've closed our churches in a sense that we have no say anymore that we've lost all our power and authority even in that circumstance, I believe that God is saying prophetically to you and prophetically to me that the most important thing right now is to actually join its hands with the government. And I'm not saying come into agreement with the government. I'm not saying, you know, give up what you're thinking right now. But I believe there's a real space in church life right now where we should not be caught up in the, the gossip and we should not be caught up in the conspiracy theories and we should not be caught up in, in what is happening out there but you and I should almost refocus and go, you know what God has put me on this earth? I'm alive at this time for a purpose and a plan. And if it is to hold the government and show and point them in a the direction, and, and often we're not going to meet the government. We're not going to meet Mr. Ramaphosa. We're not going to meet his cabinet. We're not going to meet the guys that are making rules. But I believe prophetically that as we declare stuff as believers, that as we take a hold of them and say, Father, this is the direction that we need our government to be looking into. This is the direction that the church needs to be looking into. Open the window. Let's shoot an arrow towards the enemy. And instead of getting caught up in all this nonsense that is happening around us, you and I should be prayer warriors more than we ever have in our lives before. And not just prayer warriors, but I believe this is a season right now, church, where prophetically the prophets need to stand up and declare the word of God to the nations. And I'm not speaking about your prophetic word. I'm not speaking about what you believe needs to happen. I believe that we need to be men and women that find ourselves so in the presence of God that we are able to give legitimate and godly direction to what is happening around us right now. Elisha does another thing, crazy thing. And, and once the king has shot the arrow, the word of God says that Elisha says to him, now I want you to take the other arrow and tap the ground. Or hit the ground. Now, now listen carefully to this statement because I think 
of we miss it. So the word carries on and you go read and he says, and he just taps it three times, you know, on the ground. And, and Elisha becomes disgruntled. He becomes upset. He says, why did you do that? Why did you just, and I can see the picture of him laying in his bed and he's dying and it's his last breath almost. And he's trying to convince this king that God is for you. And that if you believe in God, if you believe in the word that I've spoken to you today, that you're going to live. But when he asked him to hit the ground, it's almost like the king willy-nilly, just like tap, tap, tap kind of a thing. And I think in Christian circles, often we like that with our prayer life. We often we like that with the prophetic word. That when we need to be robust, when we need to be, you know, warriors, when we need to be lions, when we need to be brave and we need to be strong and we, we need to stand for what we believe in. We need to stand for what we believe is right and we need to stand for what we believe is wrong. That often at times we'll tap one or two or three times, you know, just one or two or three prayers and, and then we stop. And while well, you know God's not going to answer us and, and God's not going to deliver this country from this COVID-19, you know, because we're just going to tap, tap, tap. Elisha basically says to him, I wanted you to smash that arrow against the ground five, six, doesn't matter how many times, almost smash it until it breaks. Because if you smashed it with that kind of intensity that it breaks, the Syrian army would never, ever, ever govern over you again. Yo, and I, I, I thought about the scripture and I, I read the scripture and I thought, God, what are you saying to us right now? Because I have to be honest with you that, that when it comes to the COVID in the world and it comes to the figures and it comes to the death rate and it comes to how many countries are infected, and, and my prayer life is really a tap, 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 oh God, you know, it's your will, you know, that uh, you'll take this COVID away and, and you know, Father, you know, can you just deliver us and keep us all safe? But there's, there's no intensity in my prayer. There's no intensity in, in what I'm doing because I should be, you know, finding myself in the closet with God pleading with God, begging with God, saying, Father, you know what, I need a breakthrough more than ever in my life. Not just a one or a two prayer or a three prayer or a small little tap on the ground, but you and I need to get right into the presence of God, saying, come on, Father, you know, what is it that you require of me? What is it that I need to prophesy? Because I need to smash this arrow because I don't want to ever go through what I'm going through right now. And my prayer life has to intensify. And the way I do stuff has to intensify. And, and yes, you might think, well, you know what, good, I do pray and I, and, I, and I do read the Word of God and I am trusting God for a miracle. I'm not doubting that for a minute. But I'm asking the church, with what kind of intensity are we praying for this virus to be removed from the earth? We, we, we're more concerned about how many people we can have in church. We're more concerned about how many people we can have at work. We're more concerned about all the little things. And, and, and hear me, I'm not being um, um, funny in any way. But I think sometimes we lost our focus so badly that, that we want God to fix the little stuff and forget about the monster that's actually in front of us. It's almost like, well, God help me take out my sword and, and chop off the toenails of the dragon. When God says, no, I don't want you to chop off the toenails of the dragon. I need you to chop off the head of the dragon. I need you to intensify your prayer life. I need you to intensify the prophetic word over your life. I want you to intensify, you know, what, what I'm doing in your life and what I'm doing through you right now. Because you've been born for a time such as this. You've been born in the season to make a difference. It's not by accident that this COVID has hit us at this stage when you are alive. And you're alive because God's there's an expectation from God to start to prophesy life into every situation, to prophesy into your marriage, to 
prophesy into your business, to prophesy into your family, to prophesy into the church. Say, Father, whatever needs to be done right now, if the church needs to arise, then let the church arise right now in this season. It's not about have we got 50 people in the building. It doesn't matter if there's 100 people in the building. What matters is what is God's people doing in the midst of this pandemic? Are we really trusting God for massive breakthrough in life? Are we trusting God to do the impossible in the season? And, and as I was just going through this, there's, there's this scripture that I love. It's, it's, and it's found um, in Ezekiel 37. And we all know the story, but it's the story of the dry bones. And I want you to, to hear what I'm saying to you this morning. Because I think many times so many people prophesied this word over church and, and over what is happening in the world right now. But I believe there's a prophetic voice that needs to, a godly prophetic voice that needs to rise up right now. A, a, a prophetic voice, not as not interested in, well, we preach and we prophesy for income or because we need to make bills, we, or at the end of the month we need to, to pay bills. But there's a real desperation in you and I that we refuse to quit until this thing is dead, until my business is restored, until my marriage is whole, until my kids are in the right place. And um, Ezekiel the prophet, he finds himself, and I'm going to read out the Good News Bible, but he says this, and this explains the situation. But I love this, he says, I felt the powerful presence of the Lord. He says, I felt the powerful presence of the Lord. And his spirit took me and set me on a valley the, and the ground was covered in bones. Now, now I want you to picture this because prophetically we've got to see what is happening around us. Prophetically God is taking the church right now and he's putting us on a mountaintop and we are looking in the valley. We know that the valley are the hard times in our lives. The times where things aren't falling into place, where things aren't going right, where things, you know, um, just seem to be going in the opposite direction to what we're praying. But he it puts him on this mountain and he says, look, tell me what you see. And the, and the word on carried on, he says, and he led me around the valley and I could see that there was very many bones that were very dry. And he said to me, mortal man, that is us. He says, mortal man, can these bones come back to life? It's such an incredible question that God asks Ezekiel. And I'm asking you, mortal man, I'm asking you, follower of Jesus, I'm asking you, the believer in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, I'm asking you, do you believe today without a shadow of a doubt that God can cause this world to turn around in a second? Do you truly believe that the death that is around us, that the corruption that is around us, that the financial bankruptcy that is around us, economy that is collapsing that is around us, do you truly believe that as you stand prophetically on the mountain with God in your prayer time and you look at the death and destruction that is around you, do you truly believe? God said to him, Ezekiel, do you mortal man believe that this valley can live again? He said, I replied, Sovereign Lord, only you can answer that. And God's answer is very simply, says, he said, prophesy to these bones. Tell these dry bones to listen to the word of God. Tell them that I, the Sovereign Lord, am saying to them, I am going to put breath into you and bring you back to life. I will give you sinew and muscles. I will cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and I will bring you back to life. Then you will know that I 
am the Lord your God. Is, is that a dream? Is, is that just a Bible story? Or do you and I truly believe that God can do the impossible? Do we truly believe that God can turn this every circumstance that you and I are facing right now, that God could turn around? As Proverbs 18 says, are we speaking life or are we speaking death? Are we speaking preservation or are we speaking uh, destruction into where we are right now? It doesn't matter what's going on in the world around. It doesn't matter to, um, to, 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 to the prophet what was going on with the king. All that he knew was that if God had said it, that God would settle it. God carries on and he speaks to Ezekiel in, in, chapter, in verse 9. He says, And God said to me, Mortal man, prophesy to the wind, until the wind that the sovereign Lord commands it to come from every direction, to breathe into these dead bones and to bring them back to life. That the Spirit of God must come from every direction. This is not a South African thing. This is not an American thing. This is not an Italy thing. This is not a Spain thing. This is a world thing that God is speaking to His men and He's putting us as believers, as prophets, as, as men and women of God. He's put us on the mountaintop with Him. And He says, I want you to look what's happening in the world around you. But the first thing I want to know, do you truly believe that I can do the impossible? And we've got to say, yes, Lord, we know that you can do the impossible. God said, what if you believe that I can do the impossible, man? Then I want you to prophesy. And I want you to fill the bones that I'm about to bring them to life. And I want you to declare that and command the winds of all corners of the earth to fall upon these bones and bring life to them. Verse 10 says, and so I prophesied as I had been told. Breath entered the bodies. They came to life and stood up and there was enough of them to form an army and God said to me mortal man the people of Israel are like these bones they say they are dried up without any hope with no future listen to that he says this is why they're in the situation they're in right now this is why they look dead this is why they look dry because they don't believe there's a hope they don't believe there's a future they don't believe there's a calling upon their life they don't believe that I can do the impossible in their lives so prophesy to my people, Israel, and told them that I, the sovereign Lord, that I am going to open the graves, I am going to take them out and bring them back to the land of Israel. And when I open the graves and my people are buried and, bring, and I bring them out, and they will know that I am the Lord and I will put my breath in them and bring them to the life and let them live in their own land, then they will know that I am the Lord and I have promised that I would do this and I will do as the Lord has spoken. What incredible scripture. What incredible scripture we often miss. What God is saying. What incredible time to be alive in history. What incredible time for you and I to be standing on the mountaintop. Looking at the world like it's dead out there. Will our economy survive? Will our churches survive? Will our government survive? Will, you know, will we live at the end of the day? You and I. We are. We find ourselves often in that day of dry bones where there's no hope and there's no future. And God, I don't know if you're going to come through for me. But he says, Son of Man, if you believe in me and you believe my word and you believe that I am God of everything and I am God of the impossible. He said, all I desire of you today is to speak life and prophesy. Man, I, as I was reading the scripture, I became more and more excited in my spirit. I was like, oh God, I, I've forgotten to prophesy. 
I've forgotten to declare the word of God. I've forgotten to, to speak the word of God over every situation. I've forgotten what Romans 8, 28 says, that my God is going to work all things for the good of those who love and believe in Him and are called according to His purpose. I forget about these things. And I become despondent. I can become distracted. And, and, and I get involved with things I shouldn't get involved in, with people I shouldn't be involved in, and things I shouldn't be involved in. And, and all of a sudden, my life feels like it's falling into pieces. And yet, God says, that I just need a man, a mortal man, that believes in me and believes in my word and believes that I can bring life. And if that mortal man, that man, could just speak over every situation right now in this world, tell them that I will bring them back to life, that I will empty their graves, that I will cause their bone and sinew and flesh to rise. And Ezekiel says, crazy thing, he says, there was enough bones in the valley that an army arose out of it. This is the time for us to come out, church. It's a time for us to come out of the valley. It's the time for us to come out of being despondent and being dejected and how are we going to pay bills and, you know, why are we only got 50 people to church? That, why are we in the place that we are? Why? Because we've forgotten to speak the word of God. Again, what is that scripture saying, Proverbs? Simple thing. Life and death are in the tongue. And I want you to change the way you see things today. I want you to change the way you react to your wife, the way you react to your kids, the way you react to what the government decides, the way you react to what's happening around us. And I want you to believe that the God of the impossible is still the God of the impossible. I want you to get to a place, it doesn't matter what the chaos is around us. It doesn't matter how bad stuff is. It doesn't matter how bad it looks. You see, my faith cannot be shifted because of circumstances. My faith has to be rock solid and rooted and grounded in the presence of God. That I need to be the one that prophesies. I need to be the one that speaks life. I need to be the one that will speak to people and say, Hey, it doesn't matter what you're going through. It's going to be okay. If God is for us, who can be against us? If our God is for us, who can be against us? But God asks Ezekiel a question, do you believe that I'm for you? Do you believe that I'm for you? Do you believe that I can cause this valley and the dry bones and the death that is up there? Do you believe, mortal man, that I can make a difference? And every one of us has been asked that question right now. Every one of us. God is asking you right now. Mom, Dad, businessman, politician, do you believe that God can do the impossible? Or is there hope in a vaccine? Is there, is there hope in some rich guy that wants to make money? Or some countries that are juggling for position because whoever gets the vaccine will obviously become, you know, stinking rich overnight. Is there hope really in a vaccine? Is there hope in regulations? Is there hope in, in, in certain things that are banned? Or is there hope found in Christ Jesus. Where's our hope found? Where's our hope found? You see, instead of being on the other side and being critical, maybe it's time that we put our hands in prayer over the decision-making people in this country right now. Maybe as a prophet, as Elisha did, that he grabbed the king's hand, he grabbed him on his bow, and he said, right, let's shoot this thing towards the enemy. Let's shoot this thing towards the enemy because I'll be declaring prophetically right now that it doesn't matter what decisions people make, that if, if we got the hand of God on the situation and we give direction and we shoot this arrow, 
God, the, the, um, Elijah, Elijah said to him, you will have victory over them. You will have victory over them. You see, but it all depends on how we tap the arrow. It all depends on, do we just, well, Lord, help us. Or do you and I rise up in this time? Do you and I become warriors in this time? Do you and I become people of power, a people of presence? A.W. Tozer um, made a statement and he said that if God had to remove the Holy Spirit from the church, 95% of churches would carry on as if nothing has changed. And yet, our man over here, Ezekiel, he says the most powerful thing and it's and it's part, part of our scripture. It's part of, of who we are as a church and what we believe. And we know Isaiah 61, For the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, for God has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor, to heal the broken heart, to set the captives free. Man, but Ezekiel starts this thing. He says, I felt the powerful presence of the Lord, and His Spirit took me and set me in a valley where the ground was covered with bones. Guys, you've got to get to the place where you start to feel the powerful presence of God. There's a big difference between with um, the big difference between praying in power and just praying. There's a big difference in praying in the spirit and just reading a prayer out of a book. He said there was something different because there was a powerful presence that came over me. And I just knew that this was God. And and, and as I read, I thought, good, when was have you felt? When last have you written your journal? This morning I felt the powerful presence of God hey, come over me. Because maybe I'm just like the king that just tapped the stick and just hopes that everything's going to be okay. And we just need to get through the next month and we need to get through the next week. And Elisha says to him, if you have taken that, if you've taken that arrow, that thing of death, and you have smashed it on the ground, broke that thing in a sense, this is my interpretation, if you had broken it, you would never be affected by this again. So today I want to leave this thought with you. Do you find yourself in the powerful presence of God? Do you believe that the powerful presence of God that is upon you, the Spirit of God that is upon you, that He gives you the power to prophesy life and death? That you can speak and things will come to being. And, and we could be so careful because that, that scripture in Proverbs 18 says, be very careful. He says, because we learn the consequences of what we of what we speak. And so I've had to check my tongue and I have to check what I've said and how I reacted to people and how I answer people and, and how I respond to, to questions and how I respond to decision making in our country. I've had to be very careful. Because I can speak death into my very own household, I can speak death into my very marriage, I can speak death into my own church. And this is not a fear or faith thing. This is the thing that you and I need to start to declare the word of God to the nations out there. Let me tell you something. The vaccine is not the answer. The government is not the answer. A new party in charge is not the answer. A new president is not the answer. The answer is found in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And we're part of that army. We're part of God's army. And God wants us to rise up. And God wants us to get out of the valley. And stop thinking that we dry and, and this is death and we're not going to make it. But we need to stand up boldly and declare that this is the time of God. This is the season that God wants to do an incredible thing in your life. As I, in closing, I, I carried on reading in 2 Kings 13. And uh, 
there's this incredible story that we find that, that Elisha dies and they bury him. And the word says, and there was a funeral that was happening, you can guys go read it. But he says that every year the Moabites would come and they would raid the land. And, and one day they were busy with the funeral. Can you imagine? They were just busy with the funeral. They opened up this tomb. And obviously, you know, it wasn't like today where you got one person in one hole kind of a thing. It was a hole. It was a cave where a whole lot of people had been buried. And, and so as they were busy with this funeral, in a sense, the raiding, the enemy came straight at them to destroy them. They to Japan, they took the, the, the body of the poor guy that they were burying. And the word says they just chucked it into the grave. The problem is they chucked it onto the bones of Elisha. And the word of God says that the minute that the dead man's body hit the bones of Elisha, he was resurrected back to life. Guys, can you imagine? Can you imagine being at a funeral like that? Can you imagine being that filled with the Spirit of God that even when you're dead, what you leave behind can still bring life to others? And I have... I, I say, God, this is the man I want to be. This is the man I want to be. Even when they put me in a grave one day, when somebody walks past my grave and they bump my tombstone, they're going to be healed and delivered and set free. I want to be saturated. I want the residue of your presence to, to not just impact me as a living being, but impact my bones and my flesh and every part of what it is and who it is that I am. Why? Because I want to live for Him. I want to be who he's called me to be. I want to walk in the purpose and the calling and the plan and the destiny that God has for me. And I can only do that when I become a man that declares the word of God, a man that's been timed in the presence of God and like Ezekiel that says, man, I can feel the powerful spirit and the presence of God upon me this morning. And yes, Lord, I do believe as a mortal man that you can bring us life again, that you can declare life to the dry bones, that you can declare life to things that look dead in our lives right now. But it has to come here. You see, it was easy for God to declare stuff. It was easy for God, God to, to resurrect the valley. But he says, you mortal man, your belief in me right now will determine whether this valley lives or whether this valley dies. And I want to say this to you, our country is depending on whether you believe that God can do this or not. Your business, your family, your marriage, your kids, they all rely on whether you believe that God can resurrect this thing that is dead right now. And if you believe without a shadow of a doubt that the vaccine is not the answer, but it's the men and women of God that will stand on the mountain and declare over the things that have been dead, life, and will call the Spirit of God from the four corners of the earth, not just to heal South Africa, but to heal this nation. There is a call going out, people. That God is calling you by name and you sit in your bed this morning and you might switch off and on this Facebook live and, and you might not want to watch this whole thing because good, you don't know what I'm going through. I want to tell you, it doesn't matter what you're going through. What matters is what you believe and who you believe can turn this thing around. And your answer has to be, yes, Lord, I believe that you can turn this situation around and I speak life over that body. I speak life over those bones. I speak life over that marriage and over that business and over our economy. I don't care what the world says. What matters to me more than anything is what the Word of God says. And I know in the Word of God there are over 2,000 promises that come towards me. 2,000 promises that come my way for my good, not to destroy me. Plans to give me a hope and a future. And so I want to encourage you this week. 
push it, push hard, dig deep, and start to prophesy. Start to prophesy over every situation that you find yourself in. And you start every single day with, thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, thus saith the Spirit of God, you will live. And I want to encourage you that if you're going through a difficult time right now, learn to prophesy. And you might think, good, how do I prophesy? You just speak the word of God. As you speak the word of God, may you see the powerful presence of God, not just upon you, but may you see the powerful presence of God manifest in your life, in your family, in your home, and in your church. Don't you dare quit. This is not your time to quit. This is your time to rise and shine. This is your time to say the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me because God has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor, to heal the broken heart, to set the captives free. And I pray that for you and your family today, in Jesus' name, let us pray. Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you that we can just, just spend so much time in your presence, that we can able just to enter your throne room of grace with such an authority and such a joy and such a, a, a happiness in our hearts, Father. That doesn't matter what's happening to the world around us and what people are saying, all these conspiracy stuff. There's one thing that I know that you would say, you're never going to leave me and you're never going to forsake me. And so I pray, Holy Spirit of God, that I would find myself so in your presence. Every person that is listening, every person in this church, and every person around the world, may we come and realize that when you speak, things change. May we take the hand of government in prayer. May we start to declare with direction and need to shoot them. May we be focused. May we not tap an arrow three times. And, and if you don't answer our prayer, give up. May we hit that arrow until our prayers get answered. I pray in Jesus' name. I thank you for the finances that have come to this church. I thank you that we are able to sustain ourselves right now. I thank you for every person that has been giving faithfully during the toughest season of their lives, Father. But Father, they're giving because they believe in you and they believe that you can turn things around. So I pray healing over every person that needs it this morning, every person that is feeling ill, every person that is sick, every person that has been through a major operation, every person that is maybe struggling with divorce right now, or whatever it is that you're facing right now, I want to speak life for you. I want to say to you, thus saith the Lord, you will live, you will not die. That the valley will come alive if you just believe in Him, the God of the impossible. And I thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, thank you again. Once again, as I mentioned in prayer, thanks for your giving. Thanks for just uh, constantly keeping us going. We know it's a difficult time right now for many of you. But I just want to honor you guys for giving. We've been so blessed in our giving. I want to encourage you, those that are able to give food parcels, because we're still looking after about four or five families within the church, and our cupboards are really empty at the moment. I think we've got a couple of packets of rice and a bottle of oil, I think. Um, but if you're able just to give this week, you're able just to drop off two minute noodles or baked beans or whatever it is that you can, that we can feed some more families in our church that are going through a tough time, I really encourage you, if you've got the ability to do that, then please do. We would really appreciate it. Again, if you want to join us on Sunday mornings for our services, they're 8.30 and 10.30, but you have to book online. You'll see the number, the WhatsApp number on the screen. And so you just send your name to that number. Chantal will then send you a link that you've got to complete to make sure that you are healthy, that you're not coughing, that you haven't got fevers, um, because the safety of our people come first. And if you are sick, and if you are going through some tough times, and if you are feeling under, under the weather, please don't come to church. Stay in bed, 
grab yourself a cup of coffee, listen to us online, and when you're feeling strong again, come and join us. But we love you guys, we miss you guys, and we'll see you guys really soon. Be blessed.